Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. All right, you ready for the word? All right, let's get into it. We are in part four. In fact, we are finishing up our series on a generous life. And my whole heart in doing this series, as I just really felt the Lord was leading us, is to remind us of the importance of a life of generosity. I mean, in fact, it should mark the life of every believer. And I think it's important to be reminded of it a couple of reasons why. Number one, the Bible has so much, so much to say on this topic. And if we were just speaking on things based on how often it is a reference in the scripture, the, the topic of generosity and giving would be one of the most spoken or taught topics in scripture and not because of personal gain. And I know people abuse that and I wish people in my profession didn't use and abuse it and mispresent um, it, but because it is so important in our lives. It is what should mark the life of a believer. It is what marks the life of God. For God's love the world that he gave. And aren't we thankful for God's generosity, amen? And so we serve a generous God, a good God. In fact, my Bible says that it's the goodness of God that brings people to repentance. Uh, Every good and perfect gift comes from him, amen? And so it's not a gospel of doom and gloom and mean and stingy. (laughs) It's a gospel of generosity. And so we need to be reminded of that from time to time because we live in a world that lives contrary to that that mindset, that concept. And it seems like so many things taught are about self, about you. It's make it about me, and this is about me, me getting ahead, and all that. And again, that's counter scripture. And so we want to make sure that our life is in line with the word. So as we finish up our series, we've, we've looked at a couple of things, this passage in particular, and let's go ahead and get there as we launch out this morning. Command those, Paul speaking to Timothy, his spiritual son, pastor of one of the biggest churches on the planet of that day, instruct, speak to, tell those who are rich, rich being those who have more than they need. Not more than they want, but more than they need. And understand, because you and I live in this great country, we have much more than most of the rest of the world. We are truly blessed. We are, by definition, therefore, rich. If you have Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you have more than you need, amen? More than most in the world. So we are blessed. It's speaking to us. Command those who are rich in this present world, again, alluding to there's a, a coming age, which you need to be aware of, but who are rich in this present world, not to be arrogant, kind of an attitude there, nor put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, changes all the time. It is not sure. It is not stable. But put your hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment, understand God wants you to enjoy stuff and that blows out of the water the teaching doctrine that God wants to keep you poor so he can keep you holy all right suffering for Jesus you know what Jesus suffered so you didn't have to by the way and so God wants you to have stuff he gives you stuff but he doesn't want the stuff to have you he wants you to enjoy some of it and he wants you to give some of it away to help somebody else find Jesus or to bless him in their life. So that's how it works. So we're thankful for what he's given us but there's a responsibility that comes with it and he wants us to enjoy and give it away. Command them to do good, good deeds, be rich in good deeds. It's not just about your money, resources, although that's perhaps the biggest part of it. To do good, be rich in good deeds and to be generous, there's our word, a generous life, and willing, that's where we're going today, to share. Generous and willing to share. And so understand that our life is to be marked with generosity. It's gonna be marked, you're gonna be known for something. You are at the end of your life. And I hope and my prayer is that I'll be known for being generous, doing things that matter, making a difference in people's lives. My heart, my hope as a pastor is that's what this church is known for. Because I want us to keep focused on, the, on this topic of generosity and the reason is because we believe that church doesn't exist for us just to be a church. 
or to do church for church people. That's not necessarily the reason why we exist. I think that is a part of it. But we exist to make a difference in people's lives. And in fact, when you study the Gospels, you'll see three different times, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, where Jesus says, I didn't come for the well. The well don't need a doctor. I came for the sick. I didn't come for the righteous, but for the sinners. And I came to seek and save the lost. So God wants us to be discipled. We want to grow. We'll grow. We'll do all that. But he wants us to leverage our life, the resources he's entrusted us with, our influence as a church, as individuals, on behalf of reaching other people, making a difference in people's lives. And I'd like to think that if this church wasn't here, that this community in the surrounding area would notice it, that that they're blessed because of the generosity of the congregation here. I want us to be known for making a difference in the lives of other people. And again, at this point in the year, the opportunities are greater than perhaps any other time of the year. As we're rolling into Thanksgiving and Christmas, and understand that it's not always the most wonderful time of the year for everybody. In fact, Sometimes the opposite's true. It's, it's harder for people. Uh, more suicides happen in the holidays. It's more depressing. Just they're reminded of what they don't have, if you will. And so let's make sure that we're doing our part and helping make a difference in the lives of people, especially during this season. So that word's willing is what we're gonna talk about today, willing to share. In other words, I don't have to do it. I want to do it. And boy, that's my heart. And, and, and when this series wraps up, if you take one thing away from this, I want you to understand that living a generous life is not a have to, you should want to. It should be what we want to do. And Paul's telling Timothy, don't address the need to do it, address the desire to do it. And so we need to learn to tap into the want to do it and not have the have to do it. And, and I think perhaps churches have addressed it, and I'm not one in particular, perhaps this one at times, a little differently. We come sometimes from the have to position. I have to go to church. And it should be, no, I want to go to church. I get to go to church. I want to be with other believers. I want to celebrate God and what he's done. I want to lift them up. I have to know Jesus. And you do. You do need to know Jesus. That's for sure. But you know what? Some people come to know Jesus just so they don't have to go to hell. <laughs> and if that's what gets you into, into Jesus, praise the Lord. Then that's, that's good. That's a starting point. Don't go to hell. Know Jesus. <laughs> right? But you serve him because you want to serve him, you love him, you want to love him. You're not just looking to escape hell, you want him and everything about him. And that may be the reason why you came to him, but that can't be the motivator for your life from that point on, right? And then we see things in the scripture like I, you know, about giving. And so uh, I don't have to give, I want to give because I'm so thankful what God has done and provided for me. I don't have to serve, I get to serve. In fact, Jesus said, I came not to be served, but to serve. He wanted to serve, he didn't want to be served. So don't do things because you feel forced to, do it because what a privilege it is to know God, amen? We're really blessed. What a privilege it is to pray. I don't have to pray. It's a privilege to pray and communicate with our Heavenly Father every day. It was a privilege to pray on behalf of these two brothers in India that had been beaten and be arrested, amen? Because our prayers make a difference. It's a, if it's a privilege to give because our resources honor God with our first fruits and it makes a difference in people's lives. It's a privilege to serve because by serving others, we're serving God and it helps point them to Jesus. They'll know us by our love, amen? It's not a have to, it's a want to, it's a get to. And that really should be our motivation as a believer to live a generous life. Philippians 2.13 says this, God is working in you to make you willing and to be able to obey him. Now that's interesting, the phrasing there, make you willing. He puts a desire in you to do this. In other words, you really have to work harder not to be generous if Jesus is your Lord and Savior. We exhaust so much time, energy, and resources to not be generous. Why are we finding ways to be less generous? 
Aren't you glad Jesus didn't try and find a way to be less generous with you? In fact, he asked the Lord, he said, hey, if there's any other way, this can happen. But nonetheless, according to your will, I'm not gonna shortcut the generosity for the people I'm giving everything, I'm going all in. And it's part of who we are. It's like he puts that desire in us as a believer to be generous with our life, with all that we have. So it says willing and able. Another translation says God works in you to will and to do. In other words, God doesn't want to say do it. He wants to give you the willingness or the desire and the ability. And I wanna stir up that desire part in us. I don't want us to stay focused on the, the, the want to and not the have to. And really, I don't want us to do things just to say that we did them. I want us to do things with a heart that says, what an incredible privilege it is that we have, that we can be involved in touching other people's lives. And honestly, that's my dream for everything we do here at Tree of Life. Every time we gather, Sunday services, everything, I want everything we do to be a want to and not a have to. Amen? I want it to be a want to. And that's the heart and spirit that we should have. It should be a want to, not a have to. In fact, when you look at, and we're going to look at now, and you can turn to 1 Chronicles, when you look in the scripture to illustrate this, one of the biggest, because we associate all this with giving and resources, one of the biggest offerings, in fact, it's the biggest offering ever recorded, historically and biblically. There has never been before, there will never be after, probably an offering, I can't imagine there being bigger than this one gift. And historians say there's never been another offering like it. And it's when the children of Israel were going to build a temple or a building and for God to house God. And David was the king at that time. And so King David, he was gonna lead by example. And so he just loved God, and so he was gonna do something extremely extravagant and generous because of his love for God. And he says, I'm gonna model it in front of all the people, and I'm gonna show them the joy of it, and hopefully they'll catch it. I'm gonna show them not that I have to, but I want to do this with my resources and with my life. So let's take a look at that. First Chronicles 29, three. Moreover, because, and listen, listen to David here, moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of my God. You know, if David was alive today, it would read, hashtag, I love my church. I mean, that was what David would do that, right? Because I have set my affection, I love the house of my God, the Lord's house. I have given to the house of my God over, listen to this, over and above all that I had prepared for the holy house, that I was gonna give a certain amount, but I just wanted to give more, I just wanted to do more. My own special treasure of gold and silver, he says. So I gave uh, just out of my love for the church. It was a want to, I wanted to do this. He says, I'm gonna give more than what was really required. And then it goes on to say this in verse five, you can jump down to verse five, it says, the gold for things, the gold of silver, things of silver, all the kinds of work to be done. It's kind of a continuation of verse four. You can go back and read it. But listen to this, this line. Who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? So he's saying, I'm giving willingly. I want to. Is there anybody else out there that wants to? Or he's saying it this way. You don't have to, but does anybody else want to? You don't have to give, but do you want to give? You don't have to make a difference, but do you want to make a difference? You don't have to touch lives, but do you want to touch lives? That's what David's saying. And when you read, and go back and read this passage, when you read all that David had given, if you take all those items and you translate them into today's values, today's values and all the items that he's listed, the amounts and the precious stones and all the things that go with it, in today's value, it has been calculated to be, it was a $21 billion offering David gave. Amazing. He wanted to. That was his heart of generosity. And historians say there's never been a gift given, recorded in history like it. And so David does this and it says, who else is willing, not line up, everybody get in line, we're gonna do this, okay, get your stuff out. 
but who has the same heart, wants to touch lives, wants to make a difference, who else is willing? Now look at the response, look at verse six. His response of his willingness, his want to. Then the leaders of families, the officers of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands and the commanders of hundreds and the officials in charge of the king's work gave what? Willingly. So David's like, this is the greatest thing ever. I'm doing this because I want to do it. And they're seeing his passion, they're seeing his love, his joy for doing it. And it inspired the leadership. And then let's go on and see what it says after this. Verse nine, jump down to verse nine. It says, then the people rejoice at the willing response of their leaders. For they had given freely and wholeheartedly, not because they had to, but because they loved what the church was doing, they loved what was going on there, they loved that they were touching lives, they loved they could uh, impact people's lives, to the Lord, and David the king rejoiced also. Now, they're making a difference. Now look what it says in verse 17. Verse 17 says this, all these things I have given willingly and with honest intent. I have the right heart, I wanted to do it. And now I have seen, listen to this, with joy, how willingly your people who are here have given to you. So understand, David had the want to, so out of the want to, he expressed generosity. It translated down to the leaders seeing David's want to, it inspired them, they wanted to, and and then the people saw the generosity and the want to out of the leaders and out of David, and then the Bible says all the people wanted to, and they had more than they could ever imagine and had enough to meet all the needs that needed to be met. It was the want to, not the have to. I don't know if we can just get that. We can just get that in our heart, our life. Everything we are, everything we have to be leveraged for the kingdom of God, for the sake of other people. I want to say to you that this is the spirit in which we need to operate. We need to be people who are generous because I can't believe I get to do this. I can't believe we get to be a part of what God's doing. Let's look at it in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians 8, 12. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. According to what one has, not what he doesn't have. God is looking at the heart behind your giving, the willingness. So it is absolutely important to be reminded not about the what we do, but the why we do it. Why do we do what we do? And here's why that's important. Because when people lose their why, they lose their way. When people lose their why, they lose their way. Isn't that true? It's true, if we're just going through the motions, eventually we won't wanna go through the motions anymore. Something else will come up. So when you forget the why, you lose your way. And let's just put that in our everyday life and our relationships. When you forget why you love that person, you will stop loving that person eventually. In fact, when you have difficulties in marriage and relationship and you sit down with somebody, one of the things they'll go back and say is, go back to why you loved him in the first place. Let's talk about why you said yes when he asked you. Let's talk about why you walked down that aisle Let's talk about why you wanted to pursue her. Let's talk about why you gave her that ring. Let's talk about why you love. And when we forget the why, we lose our way. And so we need to be reminded of it because God is a good and faithful God. You remember the first time you came to him? What was that like? Some of you, he rescued you from the bed of death and hell, right? I see somebody elbowing, yeah, that's you. (laughs) He's still working on them though, that's okay. Let's not forget the why. Let's be reminded of it. He's been so good to us. We have so much to be thankful for. I mean, if we're just saved, not going to hell anymore, right? 
He has so much more for you though. Let's not forget the why, because if we forget the why, we lose our way. In fact, that's true with a church. A church can be self-focused and miss why we're here on the planet, what our mission is. And so we need to be reminded, and so that we just don't do what we do because we just do that. At the end of the day, well, we did it. It's not that, God's looking at our heart. We need to remind ourselves, because if we lose the why, we lose the way, we lose our way. Let's look at some whys, some reasons. I wrote some down here, I have some. I heard some other people share these. I've shared, I, 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 I have some of my own. Maybe you have some different ones that you would add. Maybe they're the same ones, but you find your whys and remind yourself so you do not lose your way. Let me give you some of the reasons why we give um, so we can make sure that our motive is right. Number one, out of obedience. Now that sounds kind of contrary to what we're talking about. I thought you said we don't have to. Now listen for a minute. I'm not talking about feeling obligated to obey God, but loving to obey God. There's a difference. I want my kids to obey me, but I want them to want to obey me. I'm not just looking for behavior modification. Do this, do that. I want them to love me. I want them to be genuine. I want them to be authentic because then when they leave me at some point in time, they'll do the right thing and the right choices out of love and love for God, love for me. Now understand this, what we want, that's what God's expectation is. Now as long as those boundaries, if nothing else, those boundaries will keep us in line, that's safeguard. Those are guardrails, but our heart motive needs to change too. I love to obey God. Do you remember, I don't know what it was like when you first got saved. I was a kid when I got saved, elementary age. So really my knowledge of God came from the Sunday school teacher, but mostly from my dad, from my parents, from my mom. And my dad would tell me about God and the things of God and is there serving God and stuff like that. There was a point in time when you're a kid and you don't really know all this stuff there is to know about God. It's too big for us. He still is too big for us to comprehend, but even at that level. And if your dad, my dad would say, this is why we do this, okay. Why do we go to church every week? Can we sleep in like all our friends? No, because we want to be in the presence of God and study the scripture together and worship him. And the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Okay. That's all I needed to hear. Isn't it like that when you got saved? I don't know what it was like, but I know people have stories when they got saved and, and somebody told them, one guy was telling me a couple weeks ago the story when he got saved, someone told him as we got in this generosity series, and I haven't really touched on tithing a whole lot, but somebody said, you know, now that you've given your heart to God, then he has an expectation. He wants you to return a portion of what you have back to him. He's like, okay, great. How much? Well, it's in Malachi 3.10. I don't even know the books of the Bible. What are you talking about? There's, there's that next, after Genesis? And the guy's like, I didn't care. But if I knew if that's what God wanted, I want to do that. If that's what God wants, I'm going to obey that. Because God changed my life. So we need to love to want to obey God, right? And because here's what I believe. God's word is true. Amen? I want to believe God. I was raised to, be, to take God at his word. And when it says to do these things, I don't question that. I don't try and change it to fit my wants or desires. And honestly, I'm, I'm one of the guys that says, if God's word says it, that's it. End of discussion. I'm not going to try and figure it out. It, it, I'm not going to say, well, it doesn't make sense to me, so I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do it even if it doesn't make sense to me. There's a lot of things about God that doesn't make sense to me because he's much bigger than my brain, right? Amen? Listen, I'm going to do it because the one I've surrendered my life to told me to do it. Amen? Through his word. And you know what? That's enough for me. I decided I will not spend my life altering God's word. I will not spend my life trying to fit God's word to fit culture. I will not try to fit the way I live and God's word in my life to line up with the popular thought or ideas of today. Amen? I won't try and line the word up with the philosophy of today, the economy of today, the political correctness of today, or the Supreme Court rulings of today. This happens even in churches. His word is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and it still works. I'm going to obey that. 
I'm gonna obey it. I'm following God's word and not changing it. Another reason we remind ourselves, joy, joy. There's something about doing things, being generous. It just feels good. God made it that way, right? When you do something good, you're more like, you're never more like God when you're giving and you're serving and you're, you're being generous. There's something amazing about it. So I give because it really is more blessed to give than to receive. It really is. And I want you to find the joy in what we do here together. We've talked about several things. I want you to experience the joy of providing a box of food for someone who wouldn't have it otherwise for $40. I want you to experience the joy of coming and and putting the food actually in the boxes and maybe putting them in people's cars and looking into the eyes of people that are so grateful because they wouldn't have anything if it was not for your generosity. I want you to experience the joy of that. Why don't you experience the joy of buying when the giving tree goes up gifts for boys and girls that wouldn't experience a a Christmas otherwise, but you could have cut a meal out or done something and not bought one gift for your family because we have an abundance anyways and provided someone for something. There's joy that you don't go without. God blesses you abundantly. I want you to experience the joy of souls saved in Mexico when they come together in costumes, giving out candies and playing games that a hundred people can give their heart to Jesus and you had a part to play in it because we support Audible de Vida in Mexico. I want you to experience the joy of that hundred souls change and transform forever. I want you to experience the joy of supporting 10 Indian people reaching their own people that have never heard the gospel at the, at, at the great expense, at great risk to their lives. There's joy in supporting those men and women over there. I want you to experience that joy. We get to do all that together. There's joy when that happens. I was at, uh, eating breakfast the other day and, and there was this little man that was uh, working his way to the register. I was in line, I was next in line. And he was kind of shuffling his way over there, just taking his time, just had a hard time making it over there. There's a big long counter. He grabbed the counter, was kind of going like this. Just and stop and hold, get his balance. And actually, I got really concerned. He was really shaking pretty bad. And I was like, Lord, don't let him die right there. And just, if he does, let's raise him up. That would be cool. And anyway, so he was right there. And so I just put my arm around him and I said, Sir, are you okay? And he just nods his head. And I said, Okay. So I went back and was waiting my turn. And so he didn't move very much further, just a little bit more. And I put my arm, Sir, are you sure you're okay? Can, can I get you a chair? Can I, can I do anything for you? And he's like, He just nods his head. He was okay. But in his hand, he was holding his debit card and his bill, his check. And so I thought, Okay, I can, here's one way I can help him. And so I just says, I said, Let me help you. And I took his check. I didn't take his debit card, but I took his check. I thought, I'm going to pay for mine. No. I took his check and uh, I gave it to the lady at the register and I said, hey, I want to do both these. I want to take care of his. And he's just kind of focused on scooting over. And so, uh, so I paid for it and then I just pat him on the back and I said, you know what? God loves you. God bless you. And so he looked up at the lady and said, it's already paid for. And so he was so grateful. I mean, the look on his face and, and he just gave me his hand and just was shaking his hand and his whole body was actually shaking. He was shaking me with his whole body, I think, actually, my hand. And uh, I said, God bless you and just want to make your day. Have a good day or whatever. And I saw him work his way back over to his table where his wife was seated and, and he said something to her and they just a big surprise, looked and waved and I thought, man, I was trying to bless his day, but come on, my day was all, I was, I was sky high after that, you know what I'm saying? And it's not saying, look at me, it's saying, look at generosity, Look at generosity. And that's, what it, that's how God set it up that way. There's such a joy in doing that. Another reason we need to, we need, we need to have the, the, the why. The why is because of covenant. A covenant, what a powerful word. I give because I'm in covenant with God and I'm in covenant with you as your pastor here. I can't do life with everybody, but I can do it with you and those that God would call here. I can't support everybody's missions work and everybody's dreams, but we can do it together. We can do some. I can't say yes to everything that comes, but we can say yes to a few things and do them well. 
I'm in covenant with God, but I'm in covenant with all of you. In fact, for my wife and I, and Jesse and I, about almost 10 years ago, we were sitting as senior pastors almost 10 years ago, or just over nine years ago, and we went all in to become the pastors at Tree of Life. We're just going to test it, try it out, see what happens. We went all in. We went all in in covenant with God. We're going to serve you, God, all the days of our life, and we went all in with all of you that would call Tree of Life home. Hey, we're in this together, Tree of Life. We're trusting God for everything. We're giving our whole lives to Him, holding nothing back. Why? Because we're in a covenant with God and with each other to always do and give our best. Amen? With all of you. We've locked arms with all of you that would call this place home, and we are determined together we can make a difference. We can make a difference. We're in covenant with you. We give. We give as generous as we can with our time, our resources, because we love doing life with the people of Tree of Life. Let me give you another reason why we give. Vision. Vision. We give because we really believe our giving is doing something. It's really making a difference. We've worked very hard to find out the places. We've, we've created some ministries and we partner with some ministries that we know where the money goes to make the greatest impact. We're not concerned if we write a check and give it, is it actually gonna go to the people in need? We know that it is. We've done our work, we've done our homework, we've done work on your behalf to find out, does all that money go do what they say it does and it does or we don't support it. We love the vision here in supporting that. We give because we really believe in the vision of our church. I love knowing that a portion of what we give helps people here and around the world. I love knowing that a portion of what we give, everyone, helps people here and around the world. I love knowing that part of what we do is changing lives. You realize that on Sunday mornings the last two months, we've had over 200 salvations just on Sunday mornings. What we do, the vision here at Tree of Life Church to reach the unchurched, to reach people for Jesus, you're doing it. You're creating environments where people can come in a safe environment and connect with God, where they can meet the Savior for themselves. You're doing it every day that you come and gather through your prayers, through your attendance, through your generosity. We believe in the vision of reaching the lost and hurting people here. The Family Life Center, helping feed people, helping pay utilities or rent to get them back on their feet, help them find jobs. $5,700 going to the, to the uh, Family Life Center in Seguin is amazing. The fifth anniversary celebrated today of Audible de Vida, Tree of Life, Mexico, because of your generosity. 18 students in the Bible school there, 10 missionaries we've already talked to. Listen, you're making a difference. The vision is working. We're a part of that. It's not hard for me to be generous here because I love the vision. And can I say this? And I don't mean this ugly, hear, hear my heart in this. Life's too short to be a part of a church you don't believe in. It's just the truth. I'm not saying leave. But if this isn't a vision that you can buy in and go all in, then find the church that has it. No hard feelings. I'll pray for it. I know pastors, great pastors, there's great churches around the area, great ones. And if this isn't the one, maybe we can help you find the one, but you gotta be a place that you believe in the vision so you can go all in so you can live a generous life, so you can have covenant with God and with those people there. It's not hard for me to be generous here because I love the vision of the church. Let me give you another reason, and it may seem a little selfish or self-focused, but it's really not. Honestly, it just kind of happens, and that is blessing. There's a blessing that does come. God's word says in Malachi 3 that when I'm faithful to give my tithe and offering to the house of God, that he will rebuke the devourer for my sake, that he will open the window of heaven and pour out so much blessing I cannot contain it. Understand God's word is clear that every time I give, he wants to position us for his blessing and protection. Every time. The why, to be positioned 
to position myself for God's blessing and protection. I don't want to have the wrong motivation, but I believe God's word is true. Let's take a look at Deuteronomy 15. Here's what it says, Deuteronomy 15, 10. Give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart, but, so be willing. Then, because you're doing it willingly, then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. So the why, you, the want to, leads you to God's blessing in your work and everything you put your hand to. How many believe God's word is true? Don't take my word for it, take Deuteronomy 15 for it, 10, God's word. I'm not just trying to stir you up in things other than I'm trying to get that want to to rise up in you. I'm trying to get willingness to rise up in us, to be generous. Let me give you another one, I did put on the screen, but example, be an example. I want my kids to live a generous life because I know what it means to us. And they need to see me model it. I want other people, I'm not just telling you to do stuff. My wife and I will live as generously as we possibly can with time, energy, resources, everything we do, as generous as we can. In fact, if you go out these doors and look to the left, you'll see new construction finally going up after months and months of city permits and all that, and you can imagine some of that. But you've been so generous, we have the monies to complete that building and restrooms and we're already looking at the next project. But we've been maxing out nurseries for a very long time and your generosity enables us to expand, to take the pressure off. But we've determined we're not gonna go in debt for that. So you set the pace through your generosity. Two years ago, we've actually just passed the two-year mark of our three-year campaign, if you will. Most, many of you may not know that, but you can get information on the back table. But two years ago, my wife and I, we made the most generous uh, pledge we ever have made for anything It was the biggest stretch of faith for anything other than our house. But God has been faithful to provide. And I'm not saying, oh, look at us. I'm saying that we're in this together. And just like when David said, David said, I'm gonna lead by example. Take it from me. We are doing the best we can to be an example in that for you. Why? Because we believe in the vision here. We believe that we're impacting and changing lives. We believe that it's worth it. We believe God is a good God and a faithful God. We believe God does rebuke the devourer for our sake. We believe he does open the windows of heaven. We believe that we can model it so other people will give because of the want to, not the have to. And we want our kids to be generous. I don't know about you, but I want my kids to go further, go beyond where I ever went. I'm gonna experience more than I've ever experienced. Or how are they ever gonna do it if I don't show them, lead them, model it? By example, I wrote another one down, by devotion. How about devotion? Devoted to Jesus. So I do it because I'm devoted to Jesus. I love Jesus. He's done so much for me. He saved me. He's rescued me. He's forgiven me. He's given me a purpose. He's given me a destiny beyond myself. He's loved me unconditionally when nobody else will. He's never given up on me. He'll never leave me or forsake me. How can we not be anything but devoted to him? He's given me a beautiful wife. He's given me wonderful, beautiful daughters. He's given me incredibly good looks. He's made me brilliant. What? What are you laughing at? He blessed us. I felt I needed to kind of throw a little humor in there. He's blessed us with an amazing church, an amazing campus on 54 acres where 120,000 cars a day pass by, amen? He's done so much for us, a wonderful staff, wonderful congregants. Oh, I'm devoted to the one who gave everything for us, amen? Devoted to him. How can we do anything else but be generous with everything we have by being devoted to him? Because one day, Whether you believe it or not to be true, it is true, but one day you'll stand before him and we wanna hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. We wanna hear, Don, Jessamy, tree of life, you made a difference. 
You did something significant with what I gave you. You impacted people's lives beyond your natural ability because of your willingness and your want to, your generous heart. That you changed lives. There's people in heaven that you will see around the throne that wouldn't be here had it not been for your generosity one day. So we have to remind ourselves of why we do it, willing and able. And let me close with a few things on the able. I really was focused on trying to stir up the want to in us, the willingness. And you may have had some other reasons than I listed there. Second Corinthians 9, six through seven and verse 11 says this. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided, already decided, pre-decided, pre-determined. Don't let me try and move you emotionally with videos and all that. We want to give you reports. Don't let me try and compel you. You already decide before you get here. And then if you want to go above that, go above that. You've already decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion or because the, the media guys put a great video out there. You already decide in your heart you're going to do that. For God loves a cheerful giver. You will be predetermined givers, people that come already deciding to be generous, will be enriched more than they need in every way, not just financially, in every way, so that you can be what? Generous, giving on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God, or people will come to know Jesus. Amen? Amen. That's good news. That's a good word. So, the able part, and you're able to do this, is to be and intentional in giving. Be intentional in giving. Be an intentional giver. Be intentional in giving. Predetermined to do something, already decided before you get here, before we ever take up the offering or say a word about it, already decide to be intentional in your giving. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, but because you predecide to do something before you came. And the result is God will bless you. He'll give you more because, he'll know, he, because he knows what you'll do with it. See, God has unlimited resources and he looks upon a world that's lost and hurting and he wants to reach the lost and hurting and it takes resources to do that. Where do you think he's gonna give the resources? To the one that are doing nothing to reach the people on his heart or those that are doing and leveraging everything they can to? That's where he's gonna give. That's where you would give. You would look down from heaven with all these resources. You see people going for it. They have the want to. They're living as generous as they can. That's where you would pour resources into to reach the people that he loves so much. That generosity results in people going to heaven. So be intentional in your giving. Mark 12, 43 through 44, let's take a look at this. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into treasury than all others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put everything in all she had to live on. Now, understand the picture here. They're taking up an offering, and Jesus decides he's gonna get a chair, puts it next to the offering bucket, and sits there. How many of you guys know you would, you would up your offering greatly right there? I'm telling you, I'm, honey, you got anything else in your purse? Scrape out all the coins. Let me go to the car, get that other coins out of there. But you know what he spoke to the most? Was the lady who had nothing but gave out of that. See, and he tells his disciples this, that she gave more than all the others, and they could sit there and say, I'd say, that's not true. That rich guy put a whole bunch of cash in there. She put what amounted to like less than a dollar. There's people dropping all this kind of cash, and it's like, that's not true. She didn't give the most. The rich people gave the most. And God says, it's not about the amount, it's about the heart. It's about the heart. You know what God talks about? Out of what you have. You know what he's speaking to here? Listen to me. He's speaking to percentage giving. Not everybody has equal gifts because not everybody makes the same. Well, it's not fair. I might as well not give. I can't give as much as they can. What difference is it going to make? Well, it makes a difference to God because he sees your heart. 
He sees the one to. God is always about, he's all about percentage giving. It's about you give out of what you have. He doesn't have an expectation to give, for you to give as much as somebody else. Give out of what you have. So the argument of the tithe, it is New Testament. The percentage giving in the New Testament, it's the same as it was in the old. 10%, that's a percentage. And God honored the percentage giving, not the gift amounts. So understand that. Percentage, be a percentage giver. God set it up that way. It's not about the amount, it's about the amount in relation to what you have. All of us can participate in that. And God will honor that. Be willing to give intentionally and be a percentage giver. Let me give the last one, being able to give. 1 Corinthians 3, 12 through 15. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is. If you have the wrong motivation giving, it's where we're going. Because the day will come, well, the day, big day, will be in heaven, will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire. Everything that you've done and given will be put on a table and it will be lit on fire. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved even though only as one escaping through the flames. You know what he's saying? Don't just try and scoot through to, into heaven. Just don't try and get into heaven. I'm gonna live life for me and I'm okay with that because I'm going to heaven because I'm saved. And he's saying everything you do, everything you give on the planet is gonna be put up and a fire is gonna be lit to it. And what is he doing? He's testing the motivation of your giving. And if it survives and that which will survive has been given with the right motivation, then great is your reward. But some people won't understand that and when they get to heaven, they'll live their whole life for themselves and they'll say, woohoo, I'm in heaven and have nothing to live eternity with. Come on, on, that's right, that's not me. You're looking at me like, I made that up. It's right there, I just read it for you. It's true. So we're able to give to eternal things or eternal giving. It's important to give eternally. The fire will test the quality of our giving to see if it survives. Survive where? In eternity. In other words, our giving needs to have eternity attached to it. And that's why giving to a local church is so important because we attach eternity or to Jesus to every dollar you give. It is all to be leveraged to somebody coming to Christ. What survives the fire? That which is eternal. It's important to give to a place that's making a difference in the lives of people eternally, and this is a place. So be an eternal giver. I wanna close you with this. God has blessed me with more than I need so I can make an eternal difference in the life of others. And that is a generous life. And that's what should mark our lives as Christians, and that's what should mark this church. What are you known for? Are you making a difference? Because that's why you're here. And believe me, eternity is a whole lot longer than this temporary present age that we typically live for. Let's make sure we're getting our life in line with God's word because we can trust him. And make sure that we are living a life that is generous and will show other people the way to Jesus. Amen? We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.